Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Christian Redshaw. Today, we're joined by Benjamin Netter, all the way out in Paris, France. Um, I don't think we've ever had someone from Paris on the show. First, yeah, yeah you're, the, you're the first. Switzerland. Oh, yeah, almost 200 episodes <laughs> in, you're the first person from Paris on. So I know it's late in your day, but thank you for joining us on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm good. How are you guys? Very good. Thank you. I think we'll do this uh, in English. Supposed to French today. <laughs> um, we are super, super excited to have you on on the show, Ben. And I thought we'd just start off with a simple question, just so our viewers and listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Could you tell us a little bit about sort of your personal or career narrative, sort of about your journey, what's brought you to where you are today? Of course, yeah. So I'm Benjamin. I'm the founder of Riot. Um, Prior to Riot, I actually uh, co-founded a fintech company that brought me to Riot because obviously uh, as a fintech company, you have a ton of cybersecurity issues. Um, And uh, prior to that, I was a coder. I'm still a coder. I've been coding for 20 years. So I have a background in software engineering, uh, basically. Very cool. Um, So let's let's get into Riot a little bit, but before we do, let's talk about kind of the problem that that you solve. So obviously the problem is cyber criminals and cyber attacks and uh, data breaches and all that kind of stuff. So as a as a CTO and now in the world of cybersecurity, what have you learned about, uh, you know, the tactics and approaches of cyber criminals? What's what's the insight you find there? So what I learned, I actually learned that in my previous company, October. Yeah, the, the company was called October. Um, what I learned is that uh, hackers are uh, pragmatic. And uh, so I, in my previous company, we um, uh, coded a platform that was ending hundreds of millions of euros of, of transactions every year. I was pretty sure a hacker would find a clever way to hijack the money from the, the platform, finding <laughs> a, a loophole on, on an endpoint or something like this. Um, and in uh, 2019, an employee clicked the wrong email and uh, entered uh, its password. So that's how we got breached. Um, and that's when I realized, yeah, that uh, hackers are much more pragmatic than I thought. Uh, and um, they prefer to use... Um, easy techniques then find clever loopholes. Yeah, it's interesting because when we're talking about cybersecurity, we think of the technologies mainly, and then there's the processes and then there's the people, right? So you can spend a a ton of attention and energy and and finances on the technology. And then (laughs) there could be, as you say, a loophole, a a lower hanging fruit with an untrained employee or even even a leader in the organization. And uh, they could be successful, right? They can get what they need. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what I discovered at least. <laughs> Very cool, Ben. Um, so uh, with, with Riot, um, you know, and being in the cybersecurity training space, could you tell us more about sort of maybe the, the platform and how sort of the, your, the focal point there is, how is it different than other cybersecurity training platforms? You know, a, a space that's become uh, pr- uh, pretty quickly crowded, you know, with a lot of awareness and training vendors. Uh, so, I think the most obvious point is that we were much easier to use. Uh, we deeply sync with uh, Google, uh, and uh, you get uh, you can get up and running in five minutes uh, with Riot. You don't have you don't even have to go through a sales call. Um, you can just sign up on the website, and uh, in five minutes you'll you can launch your first uh, phishing attack on your employees. 
so that's part of the value prop. I think we're the only one on the market who can actually claim that, that you can uh, uh, run uh, your first campaign in the next five minutes. Um, and from, so basically that's probably the first part of the product. Um, uh, obviously, uh, phishing simulation is a good start, um, but we grew from phishing simulation to um, uh, cybersecurity awareness, and we created a bot that plugs directly to Slack and Microsoft Teams. And this is very, very different from um, what you're, you've already experienced in terms of uh, cybersecurity awareness. So, Ben, do you, do you have training modules then in your platform, a series of training videos per topic? Yeah, exactly. So basically, we created the, so this uh, cybersecurity companion called Albert. Um, and um, employees, they don't even have to go to a new platform. I mean, uh, Albert just pops one day on their uh, Microsoft Teams or uh, Slack uh, saying, hey, I'm Albert. I'm, uh, I'll be in charge of uh, training you for cyber attacks from now on. And um, it's just like a flawless experience where... Uh, it's chat-based and it's interactive. You interact with the bot every uh, few messages. Um, and it's really a different way, more active way of learning. Uh, and uh, what's really different because of the format is that we can adapt the content of the course based on the employee, um, where uh, competition is mostly, uh, I mean, state-of-the-art is probably video, cartoon videos, one size fit all. Uh, Albert adapts the content all the time. That's a really interesting paradigm shift there, uh, Ben, you know, because, I mean, arguably, um, I'd like to get your thoughts on sort of where the gaps are in the security awareness space right now. But, you know, arguably, like you said there, it's, um, you know, it's very, I'd say very checklist driven, very compliance driven. And we're talking about realizing better security outcomes or positive security cha behavioral changes with people. Uh, I'd say arguably the, the awareness videos and awareness platforms today do very little in terms of actually changing that. Uh, most companies still just roll them out just because they need to for cyber insurance or what have you. But certainly what it sounds like with your, what you're trying to do with, with Riot there is actually through engaging people, um, engaging employees, actually leading to positive behavioral changes. Would you say one of the gaps in the awareness space right now is sort of that it's more passive engagement with, with uh, how, how it's done? Yeah, and I think you explained it well. Uh, today, uh, cybersecurity awareness is a uh, more uh, compliance uh, problem, uh, but it doesn't really solve the, the security issues. And so what we're really focusing on the impact that we can have on the team. Um, and so because we're really, uh, the platform is data-driven, um, we can track the impact that we had on the team. So I'll, I'll give you a simple example. But for example, um, because we're deeply connected to Microsoft and Google, uh, we can uh, detect which employees don't have two-factor authentication activated. And we can target a specific course on those employees uh, where we do, would say, for example, hey, David, your uh, two-factor authentication has, is not active right now. Uh, and this is how you can act activate it on Google. And because we know employees who had it before and employees who have it after, we know the impact that we add on the overall security of the company. Oh, that's, yeah, that's really, really interesting. And, and and then, like you said there, then you you then couple that with the phishing simulation. So in terms of being able to, I guess, you know, put metrics behind security awareness, because again, I'll, I'll say right now, measuring security awareness or the, the return on investment on a security awareness platform, like Noble4 as an example, 
it seems to be quite arbitrary still. It's like, oh, well, we'll run these quarterly fishing assessments and, you know, it's very hard to say whether or not the train is actually having an impact or not. With what you're trying to do with Riot, what type of metrics do you see being usable or relevant that can be bubbled up to executives or, or, or the board? Yeah, so I think phishing simulation is actually a good KPI to track. I, I kind of love phishing simulation. Uh, and we see that it actually has an, it has an impact on the security of the team because you run your first campaign and five campaigns later, you reduce the, um, the vulnerability by 70 or 80%. So it's, it's actually great that you can track that. And that, I think that's where we started. I mean, we started with phishing simulation and we thought, hey, maybe we can track more than just is my team getting better at phishing? And so we started tracking two-factor authentication. We started uh, notifying employees when they appear in new data breaches. Uh, we started tracking the digital footprint of the company uh, on LinkedIn and and so on. I mean, we've been doing it. There are some things that we're still having a hard time tracking. For example, um, are the employees using weak uh, passcodes on their uh, mobile phones? Uh, but I mean, we're getting there. That's interesting, and like you're saying there, I mean that that's a much more, you know, maybe holistic view of of you know someone's security, I'll call it maybe behavioral risk profile, rather than just zeroing in on on whether or not they completed the training for the year. So, f- ideally, like how do you see organizations structuring security awareness programs? Because right now, I'd say for most organizations, it's the you know complete the once a year training, right, where people just click through the videos and don't really pay attention to what the answers are on the, or the questions are on the quiz, you know, answer it really quickly and, and move on. Or people don't do it and, you know, no one really you know, bothers them to, to complete it. How do we move from that to what sort of the paradigm that, that, that Riot is, is laying out here? Uh, it's a difficult question, but we <laughs> always try to, um, we always try to um, uh, find something that we can measure and uh, see that we have an impact. We had an impact on it. And I mean, in the way that uh, the content is, I, I agree with you. I'm not a big fan of quizzes. So we've been trying to avoid uh, quizzes uh, since day one. Uh, for some part of the product, we use quizzes, but we're trying we're trying to avoid it. And we're trying to bring uh, different uh, formats for exercises to prove that we actually actually the employee learned and isn't just not um, good at uh, picking the right uh, answer out of three or four uh, answers. One more question before I hand back to Christian because uh, I'm just super excited about this. But <laughs> um, do you see certain sectors or types of companies that you're having more success in having these conversations with? Like are, is it like tech companies, for example, they're more willing to sort of modernize their approach to security awareness and others aren't? Or is it just sort of everywhere and anywhere between? It's actually a great question, and I wish I had a, a better answer. Um, because when I started, I started Riot. I was uh, focusing on people like me, so CTOs of a fast-growing uh, startup um, that would be a hundred to two hundred employees. Uh, so that that was probably the, the early adopters of Riot were um, companies um, of this size. And now we're onboarding bigger and bigger companies, and it's just now it's just hard to answer that. So. Who's the the ideal customer profile for Riot? I have no idea right now. We're we're onboarding companies with forty employees, and we're onboarding companies with eighty thousand employees. Hmm. Probably somewhere in the middle. I don't know. <laughs> no happy medium. <laughs> That's a good answer, though, Ben. That's a good answer. So, Ben, the picture that I'm getting in my mind as you're talking is that 
it's everybody's cybersecurity is everybody's responsibility and organization. How do you get um, the attention and the the engagement? And you know, how do you successfully educate the non-technical segment in an organization? So something else that we do, uh, it's actually a great question. Um, it's uh, obviously uh, uh, it's it's a it's something that we track too. So we track the completion rate as everyone does in on the market of cybersecurity awareness. Um, but what's great about what we're making is that we can adapt the content of the courses on the level of the employee. And um, based on that, um, we're trying to, um, uh, for the same course, we have uh, parts where it differs depending on your uh, level of expertise. So for example, the tech, tech people wouldn't uh, have the same content as someone from the uh, the finance team or the sales team, I don't know, um, the course, the courses would be adapted to their uh, level of expertise. And I, I think you're probably, when you asked the question, you were probably uh, thinking about um, uh, low level of expertise. Uh, for example, I don't know what you had in mind, but maybe um, uh, customer success teams, for example. Um, but what we found is that the harder uh, to get um, on the platform were the tech people because they're they're bored of the of easy trainings, you know, and teaching something that they already know and uh, they don't like that. And so most of the the dropouts we had were actually tech people and more savvy people. Um, so that's why we had to adapt the content for more um, with people with a better uh, level of expertise. Effectively dividing the organization into different groups, different groups of participants, I would say. It's automatic, so we're trying to determine automatically in which team you are. You are in the company, and uh, we adapt the content. And uh, if we uh, we actually start with the the program starts by uh, Albert asking you, "Hey, uh, where do you think you behave on the on, on a scale from?" Uh, I'm I'm self awareness. Yeah, exactly. Where where are you right now? And um, so there there's like three answers, and uh, you can most tech people the answer. I'm good with cybersecurity, obviously, uh, and then we adapt the content based on that. So that they don't they don't get bored. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. So speaking of of tech people, you know your background, being in in fintech, being CTO, um, and then now coming into cybersecurity, um, do you see or how do you see those two fields kind of overlapping or merging together moving forward? I think I'm just. Um... As I'm the, the the ideal customer profile probably right now. I mean, I I am probably not me right now, but the the person I was five years ago, I know exactly how to talk to them. So that that makes uh, my life much easier uh, when I'm selling, <laughs> and I'm probably I can get the message much much more easily than someone who uh, didn't have the CTO background. Is there is there a unique cybersecurity message for the fintech space? Talking to yourself from five years ago. I mean, it's very easy because I know it. Uh, I know exactly uh, what are the risks that they are facing. Uh, and you know, when you start thinking about the security of your company, I think the right uh, question to ask is, what uh, will hackers be targeting? Mm -hmm. well, one last question for you, Ben, before we let you on with your uh, with your evening. <laughs> uh, is security awareness? different or would you approach it differently for someone that is fully remote for someone that is maybe in the office all the time? How, how would you be approaching awareness on that? Or maybe it's the same for both. 
No, I think it's actually uh, much harder to protect someone from home. Um, I'll give you a simple example, but uh, if um, you're working at the office and you receive a, an email that sounds a bit fishy, you would probably knock uh, on your uh, on your uh, colleague's uh, desk and say, hey, well, do you think uh, this is legitimate or not? And you can't uh, do that at home. So um, it's actually, I think it's much harder to prepare employees that are remote um, for um, for uh, cyber attacks. And uh, that's also why we picked uh, trainings over Slack. And we, we were actually created uh, during COVID. So everyone was at home at first. And uh, I mean, the choice, the tool of choice for uh, the, the way you were communicating during COVID was mostly uh, with Slack or Microsoft Teams. So that's actually how we uh, ended up doing the trainings on Microsoft Teams and Slack. Very, very cool. Uh, ben, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening uh, for joining us on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast today. Fantastic conversation. Um, and yeah, thank you again for joining us all the way from Paris. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, guys. Pleasure, Ben. Thank awesome. You. Yeah, and Chris and I will be right back uh, momentarily to wrap up today's episode. This week's episode of Cybersecurity Matters is brought to you by TELUS Business. In their latest survey, 99% of organizations admitted that if they could adopt cloud all over again, they'd spend more time on at least one aspect of security. If you've already moved into the cloud but are concerned about security, TELUS can help. Based on data from over 500 Canadian organizations, the TELUS Canadian Cloud Security Study shares easily digestible insights about cloud security and the experience of organizations like yours. It covers common cloud security pain points, explores the prevalence and impact of cloud security incidents, and provides actionable recommendations to improve your cloud security posture. Visit telus.com slash cloud security study to download your free copy today. Telus Business, cybersecurity that works for you. That was a really engaging conversation with, with Ben. Um, sure. I thought that whole, just the whole paradigm of shift with how they're approaching awareness was very, very unique compared to the crowded awareness space right now, but yeah. it was one of your key takeaways or thoughts? Well, two thoughts. One is their solution seems pretty streamlined and simple, easy, quick to get started. And the second thing is we drilled down quite a bit, multitude of questions there, rapid fire answers. And uh, he got down to asking the question upfront to a company, what will hackers be targeting? So that's a good focus. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really like how they're sort of structuring Riot in, in a way in which they're trying to drive, I think, more positive security outcomes rather than just be sort of a checkbox, do your once-year awareness training. So um, very, very interesting conversation with uh, Ben Netter, the founder and CEO at Riot, and who joined us graciously all the way from Paris, Paris. today. <laughs> it was still light outside, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was an uh, awesome conversation with, with, with Ben, and I uh, want to thank him. I want to thank our loyal listeners and viewers who join us each and every week. Uh, if you did ha um, miss previous episodes, do check out the Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page, check out previous episodes, or listen on your preferred podcasting platform. Until next time, be well, be safe, and we'll see you again sometime in the future on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. <laughs>